0: Planet Earth and happy Friday, TGIF. You might hear just a few times today, but remember it's always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. ICYMI, which is in case you missed it, SMB stands for small and medium sized business. For the last 20 years, been a voice and a sounding board for business leaders adding some color to the world of SMBs. These days, one of my absolute favorite things to do is offer what is left of my mind and my voice to a live weekly show where I interview SMB leaders and their trusted advisors. And if you're looking for the latest news around topics in the business world, you're in the right place Fridays on TalkRadio.myc. Uh, as my friend Tommy D would say, every single Friday, you can hear from a very eclectic group of passionate folks on the world of SMBs. You got Tommy D on philanthropy and focus before me. Jeremiah Fox on the entrepreneurial web after me. Joseph Franklin McElroy, wise content creates wealth later on today. I wanted to give a special shout out to my to my guest from last week, Gabe O'Neill. Thanks for hanging with me, and thanks for getting my digital business card up and running. If you guys want to check that out, you can text SMBGuy, no spaces, to 21000. You'll see me and my contact information, as well as some links for the show. Also wanted to give a shout-out to my friend Steve Schleider and his band Cold Fusion. These fine musicians and some other fun bands played some awesome tunes last night at the Red Lion in New York City, 151 Bleecker Street. I've missed live music so much. Just had an absolute blast last night. To top things off, I got to have some pizza from one of the best pizzerias in the country, John's, right up the street from the from the Red Lion on Bleecker Street. So big night for the SMB guy. Over the last 20 years, I've noticed that some of the best thought leadership for SMBs happens on Friday, right when we feel that freedom of the weekend coming. However... We're all so anxious to start the weekend, myself included. I'm no different. These crucial pearls of wisdom, they get overlooked, swept under the rug, eased to the side, and forgotten in favor of our fun weekend activities. On Always Friday, we take advantage of that weekend freedom and clarity. We discuss popular topics that are on the minds of SMB leaders and their trusted advisors. Coincidentally, once again, my last name means free in German, so a little bit of deeper meaning here. It's not just a play on words, though I don't mind the occasional play on words. My shades are on. The time has come. We're ready. Let's dive into this thing. Our topic of discussion today, fair, factual, and unbiased news. Where do you get your news from? CNN, Fox News, Cheddar, Google, Apple. There's so many different options these days, especially with the internet and public access channels, yet no matter which network or news outlet you subscribe to, there's always a question mark from someone around the content. Is the report a fair or unfair perspective? Is the message being delivered fact or fiction? Is the viewpoint biased or impartial? Well, my special guest and his colleagues go beyond the day's headlines. They stay committed to covering every side of every story. They offer context and perspective to make the sense of the news and to deliver it an experience with nuance and empathy. The time has come to really respect the differences in beliefs and opinion, there's a lot of them out there, celebrating the American values that unite the people instead of dividing them. This special guest encourages everyone to be part of the editorial process by choosing the stories that matter most to you and your family. In addition, you know, the, the folks hold you, hold, want to you, the audience, the viewers, they want you to hold the station accountable as, the, as to what the aim is to be fair factual, and unbiased. Fair, factual, unbiased. Three big things here. Have you guys ever heard the talk is cheap? While well, we're on talkradio.myc, we don't want this to just be talk. SMB landscape, and take it, harness it, will create some more impact come Monday morning. Don't forget about it over the weekend. Far too often in my travels, and Seth and I have talked about this, SMBs, they are focused on the product that's gonna help solve their problems. The shiny new toy, the magic wand, the new tech, the new app. In my travels, products change every single day in every other part of our lives. There is no substitute, there probably never will be, for surrounding yourself with the right people first, and keeping a focus on the process that's going to help you achieve your goal. You do that. The right products will be there at the right times that you need them. Everything begins and ends with the people. So in the spirit of surrounding yourself with the right people, phenomenal show today. Our special guest, Seth Feldman, head of content at Straight Arrow News. Seth is a revenue focused, multi-screen show doctor. He electrifies television and digital businesses through innovation, creativity, collaboration, big picture thinker, driven by data and insight, proven track record of increased ratings, engagement and revenue. His formula, reimagine and reinvent the way content is created. Build great brands, not single screen shows, no one-offs. Create a fully interactive audience experience. Celebrate the diversity of people and voices within the newsroom and the communities. Energize and excite clients with big ideas that close deals and create new business. Insist on a 360-degree content strategy where news, digital, and marketing leaders all sit at the same table. Equal parts creative development and business development. Put Seth in the unique position to lead the creation, marketing, sales of news, sports, entertainment, branded content across all screens. He is the absolute best person I could think of to chat about this today. As always, we're going to discuss my favorite three questions. Who is your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? What is your favorite musical instrument? And who is the artist you'd like to hear play it? Coming to us from his new digs in Omaha, Nebraska, the show doctor is in. Seth, welcome to Always Friday. Great to have you here.
1: Thank you. Thank you. That was very mean to put up a John's pizza uh, next to you. New York pizza, as I said in the middle of uh, the country where the equivalent of pizza is like white bread with ketchup and American cheese.
0: So that I I, I actually kept it up there a little extra long, just so you would be homesick a little bit and come visit me more often. But uh, it's great to see you out in your new digs in Omaha. Share with us a little bit of your journey. How did you get to where you are today? How did I get to Omaha?
1: Uh, Through a lot of different places. I, uh, so I'm uh, I'm like a wandering Jew, a wandering Jew, a wandering uh, journalist. Also, uh, I started local TV. I grew up in Queens. Why I'm so fond of pizza and bagels. Went to uh, Northwestern, studied journalism. Spent the first part of my career in local media, local news. And local news is like minor league baseball. You switch teams every year or two. You get fired. You get promoted. You move up a level. You move down a level. So my local uh, news career as a producer took me from Fort Myers, Florida, to Miami, to New Haven, to Memphis. Uh, and along the way, um, I had a few big breaks. I was uh, hired uh, to work for a Barry Diller startup in my 20s called Whammy, where Barry Diller was reinventing media, which uh, we're still trying to do today. Um, So I got to work with like one of the most brilliant minds in media and also get my butt whipped by him too at the same time. Uh, And then, you know, but I got to think out of the box and realize that the way we do things, we're only doing it because we've always done it that way. Uh, You know, we produce things because that's what people say we should do, but we don't produce things that we'd actually watch. So that was back in the 90s. It was an aha moment. The second out of the box experience, I got a job offer in Aruba, the Caribbean island, you know, Aruba, Jamaica, where I want to cake you?
2: And yep. basically
1: I, I I was burned out uh, you know, you know, in my late twenties from moving around so much, working for a bunch of, you know, high intensity uh I would call you know business leaders. So I got this bizarre opportunity to go to Aruba and launch an English language newscast on a Caribbean island. Cool. So in cool. addition to being hungover for two years straight and dancing in the streets with Carnival, I, you know, really got to think, you know differently about everything not not just about news but just even about american culture just how the workplace i mean you know it's a little different down there uh, there's a liquid lunch every day uh that's that's the norm uh news does not start on time the six o'clock news starts at six oh five six oh eight whenever you're ready it, it's not very good for an obsessive compulsive anxiety-ridden producer but i it definitely pushed my limits from Aruba, I got the my third out of the box wacky opportunity to go to Hawaii as a news director for an NBC. Feel, oh, it's a great picture. That's my house right next to you. That's uh, Not right there, right there, Diamond Head. That's my surf spot, Togs, uh, to run the NBC uh, station, uh, the news, the newsroom in Honolulu. Uh, it was awesome, but you know, like anybody in most businesses, I got my butt whipped because I'm this, you know rock and roll producer i know how to produce a show i know how to like make things sizzle so i keep getting promoted and then one day i'm running a newsroom but i never learned how to manage so i knew how to do it so i made every single mistake so yeah i turned the station upside down i became a little bit of a local media legend in hawaii and i basically ran over everyone in the process uh and it it was very humbling uh so at that point though i was smart and i said well I'm not just good at news. I'm good at TV. I'm living in Hawaii. I'm surfing every day. I had quite a, 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 a had a great dating life uh, for lack of a better word. Uh, <laughs> I said, I'm going to stay in Hawaii. I'm going to produce Hawaii centric TV shows. So I started producing, uh, what else would you produce in Hawaii? Bikini shows and surf shows, reality, I uh, created the show, uh, beauties of the beach. Basically the, the search of the ultimate Hawaiian beach beauty, uh, and in doing so, I learned something very interesting. I learned the business side now. Like Companies, brands, don't just want to advertise on your show. They want to own the show. So I found a bikini company that paid me $30,000 to be the title sponsor. You know, beauties on the beach by North Shore Swimwear, uh, which is which a lot of money back then. So I was producing uh, this great reality show, living on the beach, surfing every day. And I built this little business in Hawaii that, uh, of just, again, thinking differently about content, like doing branded content before branded content was a thing. And I did that for a few years. Uh, so you know, now I have this local news experience. I have this branded content experience. And then out of the blue, like a guy shows up in Hawaii who is uh, uh, an NBC guy. He sells syndication. He was introduced to me. And he goes, who produces this stuff? There's these surf shows, these bikini shows. Said, it's me. I said, what does it cost you? I'm like, I mean, I do it on my laptop. He's like, let me sell this. Uh, so he tried to pitch all these shows, you know, to like Time Outdoor Life Network, the Water Network. Everyone wanted programming. It did not work. But what did work was this guy, who was also an entrepreneur outside the box, decided to invest in the world's most beautiful transsexual pageant uh, in Las Vegas, uh, which was at one of those old school smoky hotels with the world's most <laughs> beautiful transsexuals, and he invited me to be a producer. Now, this actually became a show on Showtime called Trantasia, totally legit. Not, not one of those, like, I, I would put it on my resume, tape my LinkedIn. There's nothing uh, wrong about it. But the whole <laughs> team, uh, at this point, were big-shot producers. The guy, uh, Rob Dalber, who produced Wendy Williams, a big game show guy, Teddy Smith, who was like Mark Burnett's, Brainshot genius guy who came up with the Apprentice and the restaurant. I so I'm working with all these big shots. And here I am, like this local news producer, turn reality producer, beach bum in Hawaii. And now I'm talking to the, the big wigs. To make a long story, not so long. Uh, because of that job, one of these guys invited me to work on the next season of The Apprentice, which was the Martha Stewart Apprentice. So I was able to uh, be in Hawaii. I did the Season of the Apprentice. I had a place in Santa Monica. Well, I had my buddy's couch in Santa Monica. you know. Then we moved to New York to shoot in Chelsea. And I'm like try coastal. So I'm in my 30s. And I'm like living in Honolulu, Santa Monica, New York. I think I'm the biggest shit in the world. And you know, I'm not really making money because I'm traveling. And then I decided that uh, maybe I should get back into local TV because that is my bread and butter. Uh, local TV was supposed to uh, became, again, branded content working i worked with the company meredith corp known for better homes and gardens Ladies' home journal now times uh, they sold sports illustrated or recipes you know media magnet and i was in charge of branded content on the video front so again concept that i created when i was in hawaii branded content so working with the pngs the walmarts of the world to create branded content doing so i uh you could tell i have ADHD but it really was this you know this my life is wacky uh in that process, I discovered influencer content, basically uh, YouTubers realizing that all this money that we were spending on production houses, there's people in their basement who's shooting content. It looks like your show, Steve. Like, look at the show you're shooting right now, Steve. This thing looks like network television. Yeah, uh, baby. But phenomenal content. And not only that, they had an audience. So uh, after getting fired, because everyone gets fired after nine years, I went to business for myself. And I started producing branded content out of my basement in Marlboro, New Jersey, and <laughs> using influencers. And I built a nice little business. Long story short about four years ago. I was like, again, another career crossroads. I'm sitting in L.A., the uh, head of Fox, uh, one of the one of the VPs of Fox. I said, Stay, oh, and a guy who worked on Trantasia also, by the way, my transsexual beauty pageant show. We stayed in touch. He said, what do I do, man? I mean, look at this career. I mean, Aruba, Hawaii, local news, Emmy Awards, reality TV, transsexual TV, uh, influencer marketing. Like, it's awesome. And he goes, don't you love news? I said, I love news. He goes, go back at the news. I said, I can't. The most boring, archaic, like, never changes. I, I go out of my mind. And he goes, what would you do differently? I said, oh, well, easy. I would turn my newscast into a game show. I would gamify news. Yes. Uh, and in doing so, I said, okay, that's a brilliant idea. So I started pitching this. I started flying around the country and pitching local station groups this concept of gamify newscasts. And in doing so, uh, a big group Techno, not straight out news, my, my previous employer you know, was looking for somebody to reinvent their morning newscasts around the country. Highly profitable, but always kind of like overlooked. So I spent the last four years traveling around the country, you know, a good 100,000 miles a year going into newsrooms. Uh, Houston, Dallas, St. Louis, Minneapolis, uh, Atlanta, D.C., San Diego, Phoenix. It was awesome. And, you know, kind of trying to reinvent the way this local TV company did
0: their content. And that's, that's kind of like where we're going today with Straight Hour News. Seth, we got to take a quick break, but we will be right back with the most interesting man in the world. Based on your travels thus far, Seth Feldman, Head of Content at Straight Hour News. Stay with us.
3: Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL, every Tuesday night, live 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL, every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on TalkRadio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7pm, so tune in on Talk Radio NYC.
2: Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness?
3: Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
0: Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday. It's always Friday. It's me. It's Stephen Fry, your SMP guy. Actually, Stephen,
1: can I interrupt for one second? Yes. It's not just Friday. You know, I lived in Hawaii five years. In this office space, watch this. Wait, hang on. Come here. Come here. Every newsroom I've been in, every Friday isn't just Friday, because again, I'm a White Hawk. Sean, come on. I'm on a radio show live. Real fast, don't hey. interrupt. What
0: day of the week is it? It's Aloha Friday. Say it again. Aloha Friday. It's Aloha Friday. Go back to work. All right. <laughs> it's Aloha right. Friday, so we're back in Hawaii here. And, you know, typically, Seth, I like to sit out by my fire pit and tell a quick story, which uh, this is the fire pit in the backyard. Uh, but, you know, sitting on the shores of Hawaii somewhere sounds a lot more intriguing. So we'll sit by beside the shores of Hawaii. But, you know, fair, factual, and unbiased news. You have you have probably the most fun job ever but it's a tough one. Like, fair is always tough. I have two daughters, as you know, always complaining to me that everything is unfair. Life isn't fair. And because of that, sometimes the news doesn't seem fair. Factual, a little easier to contend with. But the overusage of social media distorts facts all the time. Got to vet the information, vet the sources, everything. But the unbiased piece is I'm very interested in how Straight Hour News handles this. I definitely want to get into this. Unbiased is arguably the most controversial piece of this because it starts with people and culture. Well, guess what? Everyone has their own unique worldview and they don't like to be told any different. And they usually subscribe to the news outlet that's consistent with the way they think, which makes your job difficult. So this is the method part of the show, the science behind what you do. Lay it on us of how you guys are, what you're doing, how you're doing it, how you're going to market nowadays. I love the story. So
1: the question I'm asked about, you know, six times a week is what makes you different? Why are you guys? Everyone's fair, factual, and unbiased. And it's true. Everyone says they are. Uh, even the most unfair, unfactual and most biased news organizations love to say they're fair, factual, and biased because if that's what you believe in, uh, you know, and I won't name names, you know, but like Newsmax, um, you know, I had a friend who took a job there, you know, which is a very hard to the right, super hard to the right conservative newscast with a strong, strong bias. And she's like, yes, I'm doing unbiased news. So it doesn't work just to say that you're fair, factual and biased. So I think the way we're approaching this is it's not about saying it. We have to prove it. We have to live up to it. And, and that's the difference. So, you know, you just pulled up the straight arrow bias meter. This is a little, this is kind of like the rotten tomatoes of news. Yep. Yes. Literally tell us how we did on every story. Go on our website, straightarrownews.com. And, and did we nail it? Were we up the middle? Were we neutral? Were we too far right? Were we too far left? So this is. One one way uh, that we're, a big way in which we're driving uh, home our message, not just saying we're unbiased, but we're telling you to rate us. Because at the end of the day, I can't promise you 100% neutral. We can only do the best we can. But if I can show you we're doing the best we can, yeah, that makes a huge difference. So I think if we look at how we're doing this, the first part is transparency. You see, in news, no one shows you how the sausage is made. Traditional news, they say, sit down, shut up, and watch. And here's the news. And you cake it, you leave it. And usually if you agree, you cake it. If you don't agree, you change the channel. But you have no concept. Most people have never met a journalist. I mean, my whole life, I know a million journalists. Most people come to my office, they're blown away. How does news happen? So part of our strategy is how is the sausage made? Not just giving people the final product, but what goes into it? How do we decide what stories are being made? What are the red flags? What are we doing to try to be unbiased the best we can? So by offering the process in what we're doing, not behind-the-scenes process, right? Most businesses, the process is behind the scenes. You know, you don't really see how it's made. The process is a part of our product, and that's what's a, a huge point of differentiation. I compare it to a uh, one of those open kitchen restaurants, right? Like most restaurants, you know, the food just comes out. It looks beautiful. You never see the oil splattering, the chef being burnt, you know, you know, the guy, you know, blowing his nose on your pasta. But when you go to an open restaurant like that, like it's a whole different experience. Right now, that food is totally different. I see how they're making it. I appreciate it more. I understand it uh, for better or worse. So that's the concept. So transparency. Number two is accountability. This bias meter is a huge example for that. You know, every meter outlet asked you for the thumbs up, the thumbs down, the comments. But how often do they really use it? I mean, some, some do, but I believe that every comment we get, every piece of feedback, that's not just ancillary. Oh, look, here's the content, and people put some nice comments or not so nice comments around it. The comments are content. Those comments will drive us to our next story. So we're very explicit, very accountable. Glad a million of you watched the story. We're not at a million yet, but we will be soon. Dr. wood but some good points. We did a story yesterday on uh, all these air traffic delays, you know, spur airlines, you know, falling to pieces. What's causing it? A really good piece of explaining content, context and perspective, which we believe in. Someone wrote a note. Okay, I don't get it. You never mentioned the stimulus these airlines got. You know, you did a really nice story. We think you were pretty fair explaining why there's delays, but these airlines got a shit ton of money. Shouldn't they be... Um, did didn't they keep people? Why are they rehiring? That's a great question. We did not think about it. I wish we did. Uh, audience member A came up with it. It's not just a nice comment. We are going to acknowledge the fact that somebody watched this. They thought we did a good job, but they also thought we missed a very, very key point. And then we bring that into our continuing coverage. So you have, you know, um, transparency and accountability. You know, those are really, you know, the two main things. And the last part is diversity. You know, you have to, rep- you know, diversity in news isn't just a nice HR thing so we want people with different skin colors and, you know, it's it's a healthy work environment. It's absolutely necessary to be unbiased. You have to reflect different voices in the community, in the country. And if you don't do that, you're only telling half the story. Because half, you know, most of the biases, I'm telling you what I know. I don't know that. So, you know, it's definitely a, a challenge to be based in Omaha, to bring in people from around the country to come here. But, you know, one of the reasons we're here is we had to get out of New York and D.C. We, you know, I'm a New Yorker, but we live in a bubble in New York State. Steve, you live in a bubble. You live with people who, you know, have this absurd high cost of living, you know, different maybe. It's just different. Like, you think the rest of the country is backwards. So it was really important for us to be smack dab in the middle of America, but also in a city like Omaha, which is progressive and diverse, surrounded by... God, guns and religion and all that stuff. Right. So, you know, I think we're here. So, you know, that's the that's the magic formula.
0: Transparency, accountability and diversity. I think another big piece of this, Seth, is the viewer interaction and engagement influence side. It's kind of just like you said, it's not only do they have the fun where they can play with the with the bias meter and be like, oh, this is too far left. This is too far right. But even throwing in there a question or two, it's like, hey, like, why, you know, what, why didn't they, why didn't they go ahead and do this? It's like, that's a great question. It gives you guys food for thought as far as future content, future stories. And it's, it's like, it's not necessarily them making the sausage, but it is kind of them making the sausage a little bit. And
1: it's more than that, right? Part of the issue in news is like, we stand on the mountaintop, you know, these journalists and hello people, I'm so much smarter than you and let me play the news. Doesn't work like that, right? Like, you know, I mentioned I was an influencer market. You know, I did a lot of social media influencer stuff, right? On the business side, my journalists, this is tricky, okay? So you got to follow me. They have to be influencers. Not to influence your decision, but influencers in the sense they're on the same level as the audience. We're not saying sit down, shut up, and watch, and let me read news from the mountaintop. We have to be on the same level. You're like People are smart. Let's give people credit. So we're not, we're not smarter than the audience. I think they're smarter than us. So by putting us in the same level, you know, think about like, think about entertainment. You have, you have movie stars or George Clooney, but then maybe you have a Kim Kardashian, right? They're different. What is an old school star? I like him. I follow his Facebook page. He never like texts me back. He's not my buddy. He's untouchable. I could have a Kim Kardashian who's the most different person in the world, but but if you read her socials, she's making me feel like we're on the same page. I, you know, she's, it's, maybe that's a good example, but the key is for our journalists is to be on the same level, to get off the mountaintop, and not put ourselves above the audience, and at the same time to elevate the audience to be a part of the news process. So, you know, the challenge right now, and I think we'll talk about this, you know, going forward, is the strategy is brilliant. I think I give myself a big pat on the back, and the rest of the team for coming up with that. But you know, how do you execute that every day? Tactically, it's not check the boxes. It's not black and white. Like, there's so much critical thinking now that has to go in each and every day to pull this off. So, you always say, Steve, it's people, process, product. What keeps me up at night and, you know, is the reason, you know, for my new anxiety medication is I got the right people. They're diverse, they're brilliant. The product is phenomenal. You should all check it out. I'm really proud of it. But the process is a piece of work right now. It really needs, you know, work. So, you know, that's that's the sticking point in news uh, because it's different than the jobs every single day. There's a constant workflow. So how do you balance? I got to spit stuff out every day, not spit it out, but, you know, create content every day with quality. But at the same time, I'm under this gun and it's not it's not like a sales type thing. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a content creation thing. And that's you don't want to rush brilliance. But at the same time, you got to stay in
0: business. You know, I, I picture you on the top of the mountains of Hawaii when you talk about the journalist being on, on top of the mountain as I come to you guys from the basement studio of my home ho- home here. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Seth Feldman, head of content at Straight Arrow News. Stay with us.
4: Do you feel uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life?
0: back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We are chatting with Seth Feldman, head of content at Straight Arrow News. And I want to go back to something that Seth was just talking about, which is you know the need for diversity in the newsroom. You have to have all of the different perspectives of all the different cultures and all the different walks of life to really get a fair perspective on everything. It's You can't just have one you know, one person from one culture reporting the news, and it goes back to uh, something that I was reading. You know, when, when I said I was going to talk to Seth here today, I came across this thing: the Thinker's Guide for Conscious Citizens on How to Detect Media Bias and Propaganda in National and World News. Nice short title, a uh, little white paper that was w- written a while back. It says. The logic behind bias and propaganda in the news media is simple, and it is the same the world over. Each society and culture have a unique worldview. This colors what they see and how they see it. News media and the cultures of the world reflect the worldview of the culture they write for. But the truth of what is happening in the world is much more complicated Than what appears to be true in any one culture to be a critical reader of the news media in any society one must come to terms with this truth and read accordingly critical thinking is a complex set of skills that reverses what is natural and instinctive in human thought And it it goes right along with what Seth was just saying, is that you need to have diversity. You can't just have one viewpoint. So, Seth, this is the madness part of the show, where we talk a little bit about just some of your artistic observations. And I know you have a ridiculous ton of them from over the years. But, you know, things that you've seen in your travels. No story too taboo. Obviously, you know, don't want to compromise client confidentiality if there's any sort of issues there. But uh, you're a fairly public, open guy, and it is your job to go out there and tell the story. So, Seth, lay some madness on us, brother.
1: Madness. Um, So, um, you know, well, God, this is a hard one. Uh, More of the story. So that's my boss's. uh, He's adamant about that. Uh, You know, more of the story. Uh, This is, I love that. Look, the, the news industry, you know, like others, again, it's brutal, right? I mentioned this before. Like, the people running newsrooms were never taught to be managers, they're taught to be journalists. They're, they're taught to run day, day by day. So, you know, there, there's a little bit of, uh, it's not always the most, I don't say not politically correct, but not always the managerial correct place to work. You know, I, I learned this, like, you know, way back when I mentioned I was working, you know, for, you know, for Barry Diller, who wouldn't know who I was today. I'm one of a million people across, you know, his way, but I was asked to kind of uh, start up his uh you know, be a part of a team to launch this uh, thing called Whammy to reinvent local news. And, you know, ultimately I show up and I'm hired by this woman. And as I get to the first day, there's another guy outside, like on Lincoln Road in Miami, like smoking a cigar, reading a New York Post. Goes, Feldman, come here. I said, yeah, he goes found out the woman who hired me wasn't there anymore. And he calls up the New York Post. He's like, what is this? It's a New York Post. He goes, I want to make this into TV. I kind of got it. I was from New York. Uh, was part of a team that built this model newscast called The Times. Not very original, The Times, but actually <laughs> product. Right. And and the first day we pitched to Barry Diller, like, I don't know, I was kind of in the room and I was kind of doing the pitch because they didn't hire anybody above me. And he's just sitting there like this. Eyes wide open. <laughs> and finally I said, Mr. Diller, you know, what's going on? And he basically he said, quote, unquote, you can know my eyes wide open and I still wouldn't watch this crap. And it was like, wow. And, and 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 it was tell really, me what you and, really and, feel. No, but it's so interesting what? because so often in news we produce things that we think it's the way things should be produced, but we right. wouldn't watch it. You know, I I really try to hire young next generation journalists, and I see what they're doing on their Facebook, on their TikTok. Well, they're not on Facebook. They're too, they're too young to be on Facebook, but on their Instagram, on their TikTok. They're, they're so smart and they're so good and then they go into a newsroom a professional newsroom and automatically they're transformed into what they think a journalist should be and I finally say would you watch this? Would your friends watch this? And they're like no. I'm like wow that's that's a problem. That, <laughs> that's a problem. So you know you know so it's hard and again I I, I mentioned like you know, as I try to take that approach to like let's produce things differently try to break the ice like it's very hard not run other people i mean in hawaii when i i mean it, when i left i mean that's a very provincial market you know hawaii like you know when you're not from the islands and you walk in it, it could be a little bit rough oh steve am i still there i got bad reception steve you freeze on me Did i freeze or you freeze Oh, Steve froze. I'll keep going. Okay, I'll keep going. The French fries got cold, uh, but anyway, uh, this, there's a good producer here leading me through this. Uh, but I basically ran over people in Hawaii. You know, I think when I left, the actual uh, the, the headline, not the headline, but the newspaper article was like the the news director, both blamed and credited with changing news in Hawaii, is leaving. So you know, the the question there is. Uh, how can I both be blamed and credited? Like, is it a good thing or a bad thing that I kind of blew things up? And, and the answer is it's both. It's a very hard thing to do when you're making that kind of change. It really, um, it's not for everybody. And, and, you know, I embrace change. I love it, but it, it makes people very uncomfortable. And, you know, that's been kind of the story uh, of my career is, how, you know, how do we look at things differently? How do we do it? But in the same time, how do we not... Uh, open our eyes like Mr. Dill did to me and tell people that, you know, this is, this is it. So the question, you know, I'm asked is how do you stay true to yourself, self in the process? And and you have to, uh, you have to be honest with yourself. You know, you have, you have to look at stuff and you have to be human, you know, at the end of the day, it's so easy to get caught up in your job. And we're very lucky and with, you know, our respect to Steve and all you people in finance, like, you know, finance isn't as, Sexy at cocktail parties is journalism. You know, I go to, you know, I'm in the news business. It's exciting. It's awesome. Like, you take it home with you. Like, you love what you do. Uh, but that also means that it, like, you don't always, like, open your eyes. You're so, you're so involved. You know, no matter where you are, like, news becomes your life. And it, doing so, you become a very rough and rugged and very intense. And I think that uh, to stay true to yourself, you have to be human. You have to, it's, it's only a job. At the end of the day, now you may say it's journalism. You're, you're protecting the world. It's it's it, it is a huge responsibility, but but it's still a job. You know, at the, at the end of the day, and you have to be good to people. So you know, how do you uh, you know, you know, how do you keep from being detached from the real world? It's hard. I remember nine eleven. You know, my first newspaper job in Hawaii. You know, I spent five days in a row at the TV station. It was a huge story in Hawaii, as the rest of the world. Uh, we had people from Hawaii who who we killed at 9-11. We had tourists who were stranded. We had a shortage of toilet paper because planes weren't coming in. I'll never forget that Friday I came home and I uh, put on the, the news. I, not my news, someone else's news. And for the first time, I actually comprehended the story. And uh, I started crying. It just hit me. It was like, oh, my gosh, because I was so detached from the actual story because I was just in the rat race. And, and that's a uh, it's not healthy to begin with but that's also not how you cover news. You know, news is real. News is how it affects your life. You know, you know what it means to you, your friends and your family. And sometimes like we get so caught up in, you know, what news is supposed to be. We forget that, you know, the most important news is, you know, what really impacts people, what people really care about. Uh, and most importantly, it's also offering context and perspective, you know, just to give headlines isn't enough. Um, so, you know, the news, you know, industry is always, uh, ch- you know, changing, you know, h- you know, how do you decide, you know, to change with it or stay true to your values? Uh, you have to change with it. Uh, I mean, I think there's inherent values that, that we have, but the values are, are high level. The values is think big, always think about what the future holds in the industry. Don't be afraid to change. So, the value is I don't, I'm always going to be willing to change. I'm always going to be open to try new things. Uh, what I always say is quick yeses, slow noes. Uh, so that's the value. So, as a response, yes, you have to change with the news industry. The news industry is changing. Um, news does you know, I guess, you know, I guess, is it changing or not? I mean, I don't know. I watch local news sometimes. It looks like it did in 1970. It hasn't changed in 30 years. So, a lot of news hasn't changed. You know, if the money's there, and the revenue is coming in, you don't mess with it. So the beauty of what we're doing at Straight Arrow News, and I think being in the digital you know, news business right now, we're not a legacy business. It's not even a legacy industry yet, you know, digital news. Like we, we, I mean, we have an opportunity to develop and create stuff to do things differently. And that's, you know, really the beauty of, uh, of what we're doing. Um, so, you know, the biggest challenge for me in this current environment, it's... It's it's the startup. Uh, it's the startup issue. It's the it's the challenge of we're building something new. We're thinking differently, and you know, not only do we, when I talk about this diverse newsroom, it's not just skin color and you know and you know other stuff like that. It, it's age, and it's also different personalities. And where I you know could pivot and, on a dime, and I love change, and I just love doing that. You know that doesn't always that that's very uncomfortable for people and they're not wrong. Like there is a need for process. There is a need for some predictability in a work environment. So when you're trying to build something new and break new ground, uh, you have to do it without, you know, running people over, which again, big mistake I made, you know, early in my career. And even though I think I've grown and I've figured out how to navigate that, um, it's still, uh, it's still a challenge you know, every day. I mean, I'm morale, you know, I want to build the world's happiest newsroom. And I said, Sierra News, it's the, uh, the nicest newsroom in America. But, you know, at the end of the day, even with Aloha Friday and, you know, I think I, think I have a very positive personality, it's, it's really tough to be beat up because you are trying things new every day. Uh, so my biggest challenge is, you know, it's, it's, it's process it it really is it's connecting the people to the product you know I could bulldoze over everybody and make a great product I'm all about people but how do I connect the two together? How do I I have great people and a great product, but how do I make every day an awesome work environment? You know, how do I remind people every day that this is a freaking awesome job, an awesome career. We get paid to be creative, we get paid to follow the news, we get paid to tell stories and we get paid to make a difference in the world. And that's, that's freaking awesome. But again, when you're in the grind every day and, you know, and, and you you're trying to keep up, it's, um, uh, it's rough. Uh, so, uh, you know, basically my biggest challenge is, uh, it's myself, you know, it's how do I, you know, there's need to haves, there's must haves, and sometimes just have to sit back and let it go. It's only, you know, still only a job, even if we are, you know, you know, uh, doing something that really can make such a huge impact on the world. It's still a job. So you have to kind of, you know, always put those people first.
0: Hopefully you could hear me back at this point. I lost internet to my entire house. I'm not really sure what happened here, but we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back with none other than Seth Feldman, head of content at straight hour news. Stay with us.
4: Are you passionate about the conversation around racism
0: Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with Seth Feldman, head of content at Straight Arrow News. Internet seems to be working again. Those are the risks we take with live shows, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Don't forget, if you guys like small, medium-sized business, entrepreneurial-related discussion, stay with talkradio.myc for the entrepreneurial web coming up at the top of the hour here. But uh, let's bring things back to Seth and Straight Arrow News. This is the message part of the show, Seth. This is where we want to take the weekend insight, make a Monday impact Friday's martini night, as you know, in my house, right before Shabbos, we like to have some cocktails, but what insights can people take away over the weekend to make a Monday impact? And we've certainly talked about a whole bunch of them here today. I know that you like the idea of quick yes, slow no, have fun, which is always a big one for me. If I'm not having fun, I'm not making money. But one thing that you said in the last couple of days that I absolutely loved was every business you're in, you get paid to be creative and especially becomes obvious if you're out of work. But lay some other pearls of wisdom on us. It's message.
1: So, you know, don't poo-poo the weekend as like being separate from work. The weekend is a part of the work week. And here's what I mean. You have to step away. You know, stepping away is part of the job. Unless you step away, you don't actually complete what you're doing, right? The artist who keeps drawing and never picks up his pen and never just steps back, that masterpiece becomes a piece of junk because he's constantly scribbling over it. You know, to keep going, you have to detach yourself. Anything creative, you know, you need to do that. So, you know, it's always interesting, right? I don't want to wax uh, religion on you, but you just mentioned uh, getting ready for Shabbat, right? So it said, you know, God created the world in seven days, but the seventh day was a day of rest. So the question right. is, wait, was it resting on the seventh day? Or was that a part of the, Seven days of work. I mean, then he create the world in six days of rest in the seventh. He created seven. The answer is, the seventh day rest is a part of creation. Rest is a part of the work process, and it makes total sense. It's not. It's not just resting your mind. You have to step back. You cannot be a twenty four seven machine. Uh, you know, in the workplace. You know, yeah. so that's number one. You need that weekend. You need that time. But the second part is too. Even when you're in that Monday through Friday routine, you have to keep some weekend in you. It means you can't be so overwhelmed. Uh, I'll give you, sorry, I'm not a rabbi, I just play one on TV. <laughs> if you read the Ten Commandments, like most people think it says, like, on six days you'll work and the seventh day you rest. Right? Yeah, I get it. Work six days, rest seven. It doesn't say that. If you read the Hebrew, it says, on six days work shall be done. It's Passive. Doesn't say you will, oh, hey Moses. It doesn't say you shall work. It says work shall be done. So why would the Torah change, the Bible change the tense to passive? Because active means work your butt off and kill yourself every day and then one day rest. You can't we're not light switches. You can't do that. It's basically saying, no, even during the work week, chill out. The work's getting done. It's getting done. Don't, don't be so intense that you think like, you know, you gotta be going 110%.
0: Yeah. And I think that's something that I struggle with and that plenty of others do. I, I love that you say you need to step away to get a sense of completion, especially in your business. You can't edit something forever. Otherwise it'll all be gone.
1: You can't manage people forever too. If you're just constantly, you know, shouting directions and everything, you know, you got to become human again. So, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's always one big takeaway, you know, and you know, the other thing is, uh, that I believe in, and again, you know, do, do as I say, not as I do, because even after like this stage of my career, I, I have a lot of work to, them, to be done as being a better manager. But you know, the goal is you, you have to build. You, you don't build followers; you have to build leaders. You know, the the Rebbe used to say that. I'm like a rabbi now, but that was his thing. If you tell those Chabad uh, guys, it's black hats around the country. Like you build. Later, you don't build followers and that's a huge thing because ultimately you know I was building followers for the first half of my career and I got stuff done and I have great success and my LinkedIn page looks pretty awesome but what that LinkedIn page doesn't show you is like it was a brutal process and you know I don't get Christmas cards from everybody every year so you know you know people want to be empowered people want to own it and you know that's the third part and I there's no bad ideas like like with you know quick yeses slow nose you know you know there's very little few things we could do that's gonna break a business you know let things breathe you know let, you do know, do that so again do as I say now as I do because the news industry it's going so fast there's so much pressure we're building a business we're looking at revenue we're trying to do something new uh, I forget about that stuff all the time uh, but that's why you do need the weekend you know if you're religious you need a Sabbath or a Shabbat to 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 regroup but again you just need to like seriously step away because uh you know work is fun uh and it should be fun and it's also you know it can't be your life
0: absolutely couldn't agree more before we step away from the show for the day and return you to the normal day of news in the newsroom i wanted to revisit the magic three questions that i always ask. Who is your favorite movie or TV show character? What is your favorite movie or TV show? And what's your favorite musical instrument? Who's the artist you'd like to hear play it? Just to share these answers with everyone real quick. So Seth's favorite movie character is none other than Chuck Nolan from Castaway. You guys remember Castaway, Tom Hanks' character. A FedEx executive undergoes physical and emotional transformation after crash landing on a deserted island. And I think this goes really well with Seth and his mantra. He, you know, Seth even said it himself. You said he he was creative, he stayed connection, and he lived by the ocean. Those are all things that really describe Seth in a nutshell, for sure. And here, here, here you are with your simple tools, getting everything ready for for creation. Then look what I have created. You know, creating fire, obviously. Uh, favorite movie? You went with Hoosiers coach with a checkered pass and a local drunk uh, train, a small town high school basketball team to become a top contender for the championship. And in case I didn't tell you, I do like to appear in the pictures with my guests wherever I can. So, you know, Hoosiers 1986 sports film tells the story of this, of this high school basketball team enters the state championship loosely based on the story of Milan high school, 1954 state championship, uh, Gene Hackman, Barbara Hershey, Dennis Hopper, like great crew of folks here, but I don't know if you guys know this in 2001, Hoosiers was actually selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or, or aesthetically significant. Seth, give, give us a comment on that as far as you know, your news perspective. Did, what would you say to that? I mean, why it was selected? Or why is this an awesome movie? Uh,
1: I, I mean, it's this is like a, you know, it's Hoosiers, man. This, this is like a team that how to think differently, overcome boundaries, and, and and break the rules on what they're doing. And it also, you know, you talk about diversity, you know, in, the, in my news my news world, this is it. Small town, big city, there's shared values. And again, everyone's human. And this basically showed that, yeah, those big city schools, maybe these guys are a bunch of hicks. Uh, and these guys <laughs> thought like, you know, we're in a different world than those guys. But ultimately, they still play on the same court. And they still have to play against each other. So, you know, I, I mean, I was kind of, uh, I was a little stuck when you asked me to name movie, you know, characters and favorite movies I really like. But you know, looking at both Castaway and this, like, I, it's it's pretty it's pretty brilliant, you know. Like in terms of, uh, I didn't know why I liked those movies except I thought they were really entertaining. But now listening to you, yeah, it's not just an underdog movie. Like, they had to build a business. They had to put pe- the right people together. To get them to work together they had a like they had to build a process practice run their yep. plays how they do it and then ultimately they had to win the games uh,
0: I, I always so. find the answers to be very insightful into the into the person themselves and related to what they do and you know again fair fair factual unbiased news like you know, these guys it's yeah you know, people might judge them accordingly it's like just like you said they all play on the same court but the real
1: reason I like it is because I was a uh, really good basketball player in high school at Bayside High in Queens. And I was a 6'2 Duncan Jew. So white a a 6'2 tantrum.
2: Duncan Jew.
0: <laughs> Last but not least, the favorite instrument and artist. Seth didn't really give me an answer to this. All he said was he used to play the triangle and attempted the baritone horn. So I looked around for a funny picture to slap your face on for a triangle. And I came up with two different NASCAR guys that were just ringing a triangle. I have no idea why, but I just thought it was. Actually, fairly funny. So uh, if you guys want to get in touch with, with Seth, you can look on social media, Straight Arrow News, Seth Feldman, he's out there, or you can text SMB guy, no space, to 21000, and I can connect you guys. Seth, awesome to have you on the show. Love what you're doing. Sorry about the technical hiccup. I lost power everywhere for internet. Uh, coming up next week, everybody, we're going to be talking with the litigation warrior, Zachary Margulies, partner at the Margulies Law Group, but also legal advisor to Warriors Boxing and Promotions, not just your standard full-service law firm. This is somebody whose family has a whole bunch of experience in the boxing promoting world. You need the right counsel in your corner, and who better than somebody who has that type of experience? So until then, thank you for joining us here on Always Friday. We hope you gained some weekend insight to make a Monday impact. Seth, thank you so much. Great to see you. And uh, we will see you next Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, after Tommy D. Bye-bye, everybody.
3: It's it's your time to shine. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Daba. I'm the host of the show Extra Innings innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc.